Talks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This Life Science Focus podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing the world's first digital fabric that measures and stores health data and Amazon, selling COVID tests directly to consumers. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the X-Talks Life Science Podcast. I'm Aisha Rashid, Senior Life Science Journalist at xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Sydney Perlmutter and Mira Nabolsi. Thanks for coming today. So I'm going to start off with a story today about some new uh, medical device news, actually. And this pertains to uh, a new wearable, health wearable that researchers at uh, MIT have designed. And this is actually pretty cool. So at the MIT researchers have actually designed the world's first digital fabric fiber that contains digital devices which can sense, analyze, and store health data. And they can use that data to infer and make predictions about a person's activity and state of health. So these digital fibers can actually be sewn right into clothing uh, and they can actually help monitor bodily functions by analyzing different metrics from the surface of the skin. So of course, with an increasing interest in and even a need for digital tools for personal and remote health monitoring, as uh, I was saying in, in the article that the current pandemic has demonstrated, This innovative new digital fabric fiber may soon be added to the growing list of health wearables that can be used to measure various health metrics. Now, instead of looking at the watch on your wrist, you may soon have a monitoring system sewn right into the sleeves of your shirt. The team behind the digital technology say that this is the first example of an electronic fabric that can record digital rather than analog data. And that means that it can be programmed like any other digital device. And with the digital devices integrated right into fibers, that could give you fabrics with digital system capabilities uh, for various applications, including physiological monitoring and then transferring data um, with human computer interfaces and having on-body machine learning. And that really uh, creates really exciting possibilities for uh, different digital health applications. So this fiber contains... um, Uh, tiny temperature sensors, so it can uh, uh, take readings of the temperature of your skin and as well as memory devices that can record and store data. So these memory devices and temperature sensors are uh, aligned along the length of the fiber and integrated right into the fiber. The MIT researchers published a paper describing this digital fiber technology uh, in Nature Communications. So the way that this fiber was uh, generated was the researchers actually placed hundreds of square silicon microscale digital chips into a preform, which was then used to create a flexible polymer thread that is thin and flexible enough to be threaded into fabrics using a needle. By controlling the polymer flow, then the researchers were able to create the fiber with a continuous electrical connection between the chips, 
uh, over a length of tens of meters. And so that's how you have the interconnectivity between the uh, micro devices. Uh, the researchers say that this preformed to fiber approach is scalable and can be used to produce tens of meters of flexible fiber containing hundreds of uh, digital temperature sensors and the memory devices. And what's really cool is that uh, the fibers can be washed at least 10 times without breaking down, so there is an element of durability there. Um, and the digital fiber can be incorporated within a shirt, as I mentioned, and it can collect um, stuff like uh, body temperature data and then store that over multiple days. And also within that, they can also incorporate AI-based approaches. So what they did was they included a trained neural network with over 1,600 neural, uh, con neuronal connections stored within the fiber. And what that was used to do is that they analyzed temperature changes, such as uh, changes that occur during physical activity and then the dips in temperature that occur uh, when you have evaporation of sweat afterwards. And analyzing that type of data allowed for inference of the activity that the wearer was engaged in with an accuracy of about 96%. So based on those kinds of readings, they were able to uh, accurately predict what kind of an activity the, the user was engaged in. Uh, so yeah, really uh, cool stuff with this fiber strand. It has distinct characteristics. Uh, um, as I mentioned, introducing digital components right into a flexible polymeric fiber strand. Uh, they overcame limitations such as um, getting, you know, single devices into a single fiber and then allowing scalability of that uh, and allowing access to the device uh, in the fiber through a single connection port at the fibers and storage of sensory input into uh, the memory devices and then creating that neural network. So a digital fiber can actually store a lot of information in memory. So the researchers say that they can write, store, and read information on the fiber, including uh, things like short movie files and, and music files. And these files can be stored for about two months without power, which is really cool. So really, this device has a lot of applications and a lot can be extracted from this. It was really cool because one of the researchers on the study actually said when they were thinking about crazy ideas for the fiber, they thought about applications like a wedding gown, for example, that could store digital wedding music within the weave of the fabric or even writing the story of the fiber's creation into its components and things like that. So really a lot of scope for uh, taking this into different directions. And with, with respect to use as a digital health tool, of course, the idea is that with this type of analytic power integrated into the digital fibers, one day the, uh, the idea is that you can sense and alert people in real time to changes in their health, for example, uh, respiratory decline or alerting users of an irregular heartbeat and store that data for weeks uh, to be used for monitoring, as well as connecting with uh, healthcare professionals to uh, evaluate the situation. So what do you guys think about this new fiber in the world of digital health wearables becoming more and more popular? Do you guys actually uh, use any wearables in your daily lives? Do you guys like have any fitness trackers or uh, 
things that um, monitor health metrics like heart rate or I know number of steps and walking and all that is really, really popular. But is there anything else like more details that you guys uh, follow? I actually wear an Apple Watch and I use it a lot to monitor my heart rate, um, specifically because I feel a lot of fluctuation in my heartbeat. So um, I used to go to a doctor that used to put a wearable on me that wasn't very comfortable to wear for a long amount of time so that they could track my heartbeat over long periods of time. But I feel this is great innovation in that field because just wearing a shirt or like a sleeve that checks your heartbeat and monitors it, I think is very, very cool. And I wonder what else they can, like you were saying, what they can use this in the future for. Um, Yeah, very awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's a great alternative for people who... A, don't like to wear watches, and B, don't need to see the data right then where it, you know, like they don't need to be bombarded with that information on their wrist, for example. It's something they can check in on when uh, and as they would like. So this is a really, really cool thing. And I'm guessing that once this is finalized and, you know, all the kinks are sorted out, that maybe this technology will be licensed and we'll start to see this uh, fabric weaved within clothes that we can just buy, uh, you know, at the store. I'm not really sure how it's going to work, but I feel like it would definitely command a premium in terms of price. Yeah, I feel like um, imagine wearing something like workout clothes and, you know, monitoring yeah. your heart during your workout by just wearing, you know, like mm-hmm. a, a workout t-shirt, for example, or something like that. I think this could be used in so many different ways. It'll be interesting how this unfolds and how people accept it. Yeah, I think it's also, um, as opposed to wearing a, a, you know, a bulky watch on your wrist or things like that, it, the idea here is really to make it um, more of a convenience and sort of like a not there kind of thing that you can't see it and you can't necessarily feel it and, and, and things like that. So I think it's really um, innovating on that level. And also, I think they were mentioning that uh, this could be hooked up to a computer or a tablet, so you could have uh, you could see the data in real time if you wanted to. But of course, that's a choice. But that's a good point, Sydney. That you know, people may not necessarily want to like look you know every second at what's going on with <laughs> with their heart rate and things like that. So yeah, definitely really really cool innovation. My first instinct when I see the pictures in your article is, wow, that must be so itchy um, because it does look a bit rough. Okay, the way that the weave, like the the mesh kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. But it must feel a lot smoother, I guess, if it was on a shirt or something like that. But it's the actual fibers that are going to be weaved into whatever fabric it is. So I think the prototype that they have, they're showing that sleeve in the main image. Like it doesn't have to be that type of a fabric. It can be into any type of a... Uh, of a material, I think. And the oh, fi- okay. Yeah, it's yeah the that actual- would make more sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the fibers are polymer-based, so, like, they're kind of plastic-based, but, I, I, yeah, they're just very tiny fibers. So very cool innovation there. Um, the next story that I have coming up is 
a COVID-related story. So the pandemic is not over, although we have vaccines being churned out at great speeds, which is great to see. However, we still have a need for testing. Now, Amazon is actually getting into the COVID-19 testing space, and it's part of a part of a larger initiative uh, that it has in in terms of getting into the healthcare space. So, with its uh, long list of Prime Day deals, Amazon has actually now received emergency use authorization from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to add its COVID-19 test to its Prime offerings. That's right. Amazon has actually developed its own COVID-19 test that consumers can directly purchase from the retailer. Amazon's COVID-19 test is a PCR-based test developed by STS Lab Holdco, which is a subsidiary of Amazon.com. The test is authorized to be used uh, by people over the age of 18, and it doesn't require a prescription, nor does it require any kind of a condition or proof of showing COVID-19 symptoms or recent contact with any uh, COVID-19 positive individuals or contact with the virus. So this is a direct-to-consumer product, and it involves um, collection of nasal swab specimens that are self-collected at home using the Amazon COVID-19 test collection kit. So Amazon has actually been quite involved in COVID-19 pandemic efforts since uh, last year, and it's been upping its, its involvement this year. Uh, actually, in the beginning of the year, Amazon wrote a letter to President Biden offering operational and communication support for COVID-19 vaccine distribution. Now, some might see this as an effort on the on Amazon's part uh, to sort of combat the harsh criticism that it's been getting since the beginning of the pandemic for failing to provide safe workplace conditions and unpaid sick leave to its employees and other issues uh, that have arisen during the pandemic. Uh, nevertheless, though, uh, this COVID-19 test uh, developed by Amazon, um, again, as I mentioned, it can be purchased directly off of Amazon.com, and the specimens are collected using the COVID-19 test collection kit, um, and which can be mailed to uh, Amazon. And Amazon actually has its own laboratories that it's set up in Kentucky and in the greater Manchester area that can process COVID-19 PCR tests. And this actually stemmed from the fact that it began testing its own employees. So since it already had these facilities set up, it took it a step further by offering this COVID-19 test to the greater public, and it's going to be able to use its laboratories and, of course, expand to other laboratories as well through partnerships to receive and process the tests. Um, Amazon is planning to uh, open up more laboratories, and currently it has uh, laboratories being operated in at least seven states, including California, Texas, and Florida. So as I mentioned before, Amazon is actually growing its health portfolio. So this is perhaps just a glimpse into its plans to go into the healthcare sector. Um, and an example of this is that about two weeks ago, Amazon ex- uh, announced the expansion of Amazon Care, <clears throat> excuse me, which is a virtual first healthcare platform that it developed. 
in December 2020, it also created and trademarked Care Medical. And that's sort of an offshoot of a partnership that it had had with a Washington-based medical provider by the same name to contract delivery of healthcare services. Um, in in part of its expanding health portfolio, there's also so you have the in-person and virtual healthcare visits through Amazon Care and through Care Medical health wearables. Um, actually, Amazon launched a wristband called Halo last year that can track health uh, metrics, including heart rate and body fat. Um, it, it's also been backing COVID-19 research. It's been pledging money to clinical trials, looking at convalescent plasma treatments, um, being involved in the collection of plasma and helping deliver that to laboratories for research. So really, Amazon has been strengthening its healthcare portfolio. It'll be interesting to see how consumers react to Amazon in healthcare. What are your thoughts about this? I had a quick question about the test itself. So is it something that you do entirely from home or is it, uh, oh, yes, it is. So no, no, no. Oh, it's not. <laughs> no, I meant to say I understand your question. Uh, no, it's not. It's only uh, the collection part. So basically, you would take a nasal swab, put it in the collection tube, and then mail it off to Amazon. And then the testing would uh, be done in a laboratory, the processing. Yeah, yeah I, I think this is really a smart move by Amazon. I know a lot of companies already do do this, um, but not as easily as you would be able to purchase something from Amazon. So uh, there's a company in Canada called Switch Health. And they, uh, once you land in the country, whatever, they give you a kit that you do your own nasal swab. And same idea, someone picks it up, you know, uh, takes it to a lab, gives you results via text message. But being able to consciously buy your own kit from Amazon Prime, I think is amazing. I just wonder why it took so long to get here, right? I wish this was more available to us back when lineups to get COVID testing was a lot longer. And I was also curious about the cost of it, because I can see um, from your article that there is this one option where you can actually test up to five people. So that mm. would be cool if you're in a household with your family, for example, and you think you might have COVID, so you just check everyone else around you all at the same time. So yeah, I was just wondering the cost of that is it available worldwide? So is it only in the US or can um, people in Canada, for example, purchase this? Um, just, yeah, your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm not sure whether it's available worldwide just yet. It seems like it's uh, just in the US so far. And in terms of the sample pooling, yeah, that's a great point. Um, basically, the idea is that you could save on reagents and time as well when you're doing these PCR tests. So basically, you can have a pool of up to five specimens, pool them at once. If you get a positive in that pool, you know one of the five people have it. So then you can go on and uh, individually test them. If it's a negative pool, well, that's that's great. You don't need to, you've saved on five individual tests. So that's the, the idea behind the sample uh, pooling, uh, which is great. And I think you mentioned something else in terms of why wasn't it available before? Well, that was the whole issue in the beginning of the pandemic, just a shortage of uh, PCR reagents, PCR kits, right? So I think it took, uh, that's why it took Amazon this long to, to get here once manufacturers were a, able to up production of just PCR reagents 
and materials. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But and and in terms of price, do you know what the price of it is? No, I actually didn't look into the price. Um, hmm, that's a good question. But I'm looking here. So there's. It's currently unavailable. Rapid COVID nineteen. Oh, that's an antibody test. But um, I see something for eighty nine ninety nine. So if, if that's anything. Ooh, that's, that's That's a steep steep price price. point, I would say. And I definitely agree. Um, You know, a lot of people will pay that for the convenience factor. But these days, I I feel like in the States and in Canada, I know for sure you can go get a COVID test for free. Um, And these days, especially with, you know, the the cases going down, uh, I I would imagine testing, testing is also going down too. So the lines probably aren't as long and it's probably a lot easier to get an appointment. So I agree, Mira, at the time, is a little bit odd for me, um, but it makes sense given the the lack of of, of supplies. Uh, but eighty nine ninety nine or, or $80. Yeah, that might, don't quote me on that. That might be... Uh, you know, I'm not there's surprised, There's a bunch of though. different tests out here. So it's... It, yeah, the other thing is, you know, on Amazon, it's kind of a mess like to like weed out things. And I, I can't seem to find the exact test, actually. I don't know if it's sold out or if it's not available yet, but... We'll see. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, 23andMe testing like Mm. that. That's been happening for a really long time. It's kind of the same idea, although a little less intricate because they're just testing for COVID. But it's the same idea. Essentially, you, you buy it, you get a vial to, you know spit in or spit in. take your own nasal swab and then send it back and, and you get your results. Um, and I'm also curious to know how long it would take to get the results and, uh, you know, whether or not it's quicker or slower than what's available, you know, provided by the government. Yeah, given that I think it's going to be a prime day offering, I think the focus is on speed. So I'm pretty sure, you know, they're trying to make the results available soon, um, you know, as quick as possible. And they actually have a central server. I think it's amazondx.com. Now that was used for employee testing where employees could log in and get their test results. Um, I'm not sure if that's been extended to the public just yet. Uh, However, they do say that uh, once test results are available, they will send you a text message um, and I think an email as well. So um, talking about that price that you gave Aisha, um, I actually don't think that's absurd because in Canada, the service that we have in Toronto, at least it's $180 for the exact oh. same service. So yeah, it's non-governmental. Um, mm-hmm. So in Canada, you can get PCR tests for free technically from any location that does you know, give them to you. But um, for the speed of Switch Health and the guarantee of a PCR test result as soon as possible, they actually charge a, pre- a, premium. a premium. So yeah, paying $80 or paying $180, you know, the $80 doesn't sound so bad. Um, but if you were to compare it to free healthcare or free uh, PCR testing, then yeah, that does sound like a big price for yeah. what is provided. And I but doubt- interesting... Um, I was gonna say also interesting that the the um the pool isn't categorized by the person. I was gonna say the same thing. I don't like like that. Yeah. I thought it would be so you were talking about if like up to five people could do a pool, right? Mm -hmm. I wonder why it's not individually categorized by name, right? Or some some way to know. 
Um, maybe I, I misunderstood how that's done exactly, but that that would be weird to me if we just got a result like saying, oh, one person one of, is positive. Yeah, one out of five, yeah. <laughs> instead of saying actually who that one person is, right? Yeah, that's how the pool uh, the pooling works. Yeah, there are a couple of other tests and other, other companies that are doing the same thing. And the idea was, again, just to save on time and, and reagents yeah. materials. So doesn't really seem yeah i mean that would only be good if everyone was negative or everyone was yeah. positive yeah. and then you have no <laughs> doubts in your mind who who it is yeah. right but then all five of those individuals would have to get individual tests again yeah oh well yeah. then why don't they just do it in the first place well if you have <laughs> if the pool is all negative then it would be worth it right Right. Uh, so, it's, a, it's a gamble, yeah. it seems. It's kind of a gamble of uh, positive yeah. versus negative. But Yeah, I've written about this sample pool pools testing. I think a bunch of companies uh, have been offering this. Again, it's as, as a way to potentially save time and, potential, and definitely to try to save on uh, materials. I guess if you really wanted to, then you could get five individual kits if you were five people instead of doing the pool, right? Yeah. And then it's kind of the same thing, but maybe more expensive. Yeah. If you all turned out negative, you might be pretty upset about that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. That seems so inconvenient. Yeah, these seem like good options if if you're if you're quarantining and you can't leave your house. Essentially, I think that's like a, a really good market. Um, cause as you were saying, Mira, you know, if you fly in from another country and you get back, you can't leave to go get tested at, you know, a, a government run site. So someone has to come and collect a sample from you. So I think it's a great alternative that, that, you know, we have something like this and that if you don't feel like going to a, a testing site, you can do this. I would personally probably never pay that price if I didn't have to. But I also, it's bringing up like slight ethical concerns for me. I know we were, you were briefly touching on Amazon and whether or not this was something they did to sort of cover up their Mm -hmm. poor safety standards uh, earlier on in the pandemic. But you were mentioning it was like a prime day offering. And that seems like they're sort of capitalizing a little bit on, on this. I don't know if that's just me. I, I wouldn't say this is a horrible idea. I think it's a good idea, but it's it's still a very serious matter. And I think to sort of group it in with like Prime Day, all these deals, it, it feels a little bit wrong to me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's how like the marketing, I've been seeing the headlines yeah. saying that. I don't know. I, I Yeah, it does seem kind of gimmicky and just playing into the whole, you know, Amazon has just another product now, but given the gravity of the situation, right? It's a pandemic. So I, that was my first kind of reaction to, I was like, oh, this is a little bit like cringy and, you know, and it's like, <laughs> we need to take this a bit more seriously than like prime day deals and things like that. But, and Amazon isn't the first like to have these mail to order tests, right? There are um, a lot of companies are offering this kind of a service. So it's, it's not nothing novel, but um yeah, it's just interesting. I didn't realize how serious Amazon was into getting into this whole healthcare arena. Um, you know, I'd heard about the, the Halo wristband that they had, and but I didn't know that they were offering, you know, virtual healthcare and things like that. So that was very interesting to me. Yeah, I think as like the world's leader in 
logistics of all sorts, it, mm. it kind of seems like why wouldn't they get into that? Like they they truly have the power mm. um, to to like the logistical power to get stuff. Even vir- although the virtual aspect is is interesting too, um, but I definitely see see why they they got in on it a little bit late. Who knows, actually, you know, how well this will do, just given the dropping number of cases and, um, you know, less less uh, of a bombardment for, for government testing. So I am curious to know how this will do, but um, it, it could even be good for, like, workplaces, too, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would definitely be a plus for workplaces. And Amazon was using this for its own workplace <laughs> uh, testing um, because, yeah, it was coming under fire for its uh, workplace conditions. And so it started offering uh, bi-weekly testing to its employees, I believe it was. So they had the system set up and everything. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether the demand will still be there as we're sort of progressing, hopefully, out of the pandemic. But uh, people are kind of saying that this might give it a boost for its future endeavors, uh, other endeavors, healthcare-based endeavors, uh, basically, like the virtual healthcare, and then maybe it has more things up, up its sleeve as it expands its healthcare kind of portfolio, which I find interesting. I'm not sure if I can really see... <sighs> a huge giant retailer suddenly it's like a Walmart suddenly like being like a healthcare brand. I don't know. It was just kind of odd in some, some way, (laughs) but we'll see how it goes. Okay. With that, that's the end of this episode of the X talks life science podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to rate review and subscribe. Thanks everyone. And see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.